All right, people, welcome to Peep Squeak, the cafe where you can sit at our table or your favorite drink, listen to some slightly intense but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast where you can drink, listen, and converse. Today, I am joined in the cafe by, to my left, Christian. Say hello to the people, Christian. Hello. And to his left is Denise. Say hello to the people. Hola. Hola. And to her left is Davion. Say hello to the people, Davion. Hello. All right. Now, normally, you know that we always have a conversation centered around a drink. But today, we are all drinking on technically coffee. Um, I am drinking on a blonde flat white Christian, what are you drinking on? Green tea matcha. And Denise, what are you drinking on? Caramel macchiato. And Davion, what are you drinking on? Water. Water. All right. So if you are over the age of 21, you want to get yourself your favorite alcoholic beverage, be sure to do so. If you are under the age of 21 or you just don't feel like drinking today, that is perfectly fine. You can get you some water, get you some tea, get you some hot cocoa get you some lemonade or get you some orange juice are you all ready to get into the conversation yes so what's on the menu today at peeps creek hot stuff coming up all right and so on today's menu is what the blank that is today's menu for those of you who don't know the menu is the topic all right so what the blank so basically what this conversation is um is for us to just have an open dialogue about some of the things that's going on in regards to the um the movement um, that stemmed from the murder of George Floyd. And I'm going to use the term murder on this particular podcast, A, because it's my podcast, B, because I think it is a murder based upon the video evidence that I saw, and C, it's important to call a thing a thing, like Yama Van Zandt says, and so a murder is a murder. All right, so um, normally I'm pretty chipper and playing games but um today's conversation is a little different it's a little different because it's a lot to process and for me as a father of a 15 year old african-american who is mixed as everyone sure already know um with puerto rican but um he's a an african-american male and it's important for me to be able to allow him to digest the the information that he sees and hears um, and also allow him to experience and have his own perspective and opinion about what he wants to do, if he wants to do anything. Um, and so I'm going to just open the floor to Davion first um, for him to just express what he wants to express about um, what's going on. All right, Davion. What do you want me to talk about first? How do you feel? How do you feel with everything that's going on? What are your thoughts? Mm, I like it the way that everybody's coming together for one um one movement to create a change that everybody wants that's been going on for the last like 400 years and seeing multiple races come together as one 
surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you say surprisingly? Because normally it's a race war. What do you mean by that? Um, it's normally like, sometimes it could be like races against African Americans and then other races against Hispanics, like the immigration stuff and all that. And yeah. So I know that you wanted, you were pretty adamant about us going to protest, right? Yeah. And why did you feel that going to the protest and actually participating in the protest was something that um, was important for you or maybe even important for us to do? Because it was the right thing. And? And our job. Okay. And what do you mean by our job? As black people, our job to go support what's supposedly supposed to be a change for us. Okay. Now, do you feel like because people that, you know, there there are folks who um, subscribe, well, you all are out there chanting and screaming, but at the end of the day, what change is that going to, to make? What what would you say to if your friend, one of your friends said that to you? What would be your response? Said what? Like, what's the point? Like, you're just going out there screaming. Nothing is going to happen. No one is going to make any changes to the law. So what's the point? Um, I guess standing their ground to at least try and get a change and do the right thing so that the system can be changed from their corrupt ways. And, yeah, pretty yeah. much. And so... um. So for me, I, I've always been um, pretty adamant about Davion knowing, mm-hmm. um, A, recognize his blackness. Because at some point, um, I think I was fearful that he was not recognizing his, his blackness based upon, you know, because we live in a suburb. Um, it's not a lot of black people mm-hmm. where we live. Um, and... Surely the school systems are not teaching black history, African-American history um, in the manner in which I think they should. Um, And so I always took it upon myself to ensure that he understood historically where we come from. Um, And so a lot of people subscribe to the position that, well, you know, that was so many years ago. Like that has nothing to do with me. Like you when you were in school, for instance, Christian, what did you learn about black history? Very little. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Okay. I mean, yeah, they talked about like MLK and all that, but it wasn't. They didn't drive they didn't, it. Yeah, they didn't go deep into mm-hmm. it and stuff. It was just slight things. You went but to you don't really... school here in the United yeah. States? Yeah. So All through elementary, middle, and high school, they don't really talk about it. At all, basically. And what about you, Denise? I grew up in Puerto Rico, and it just like he said, you know, Martin Luther King, um, the slaves and stuff like that, but they don't go deep into, you know, everything. Like, you've actually spoke to us about it. Like, they don't do that. So, yeah, so I... I um, I'm not saying that in my school we learned everything, but I did grow up in Detroit, which is... 
predominantly African-American. I also went to a magnet high school where um, you basically had to take a test to get in and you majored in things. And so I had, for instance, my foreign language was Swahili. Um, and so I had avenues in which I can learn a lot. And quite frankly, I used to read a lot about it, go to the library, pick up things, go look at videos um, like Eyes on a Prize that show that historical aspect, listen to my grandma um, mention about how when she was little that they were being outside and then the clan would come on horses down the street and that she would have to run and her and her family would have to run. So to hear that, to know that my grandma had to experience something like that, that's a person that's one one generation removed from me or two removed from me. Um, and so even though historically, you know, things happened 400 and something years ago, there are historical scars, in my opinion, that goes from generation to generation. It's like, you know, you have diabetes, for instance. You may not have it but it can skip you and go to your son or it can skip you or go to your daughter and things like that. There are genetics or genes that goes with that. And I think because we never healed as a race and, and we're not monolithic. African-Americans are not monolithic. We all don't think alike. We all don't believe the same things. We all don't subscribe to the same political views. But as a race in this country, there has never been any attempt to heal that. To, to rectify it, correct it, has always been brushed over. Um, and I just think it's indicative of the fact that people see us as either troublemakers sometimes or they see us as agitators, um, which is something that I think is problematic. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, for instance, yesterday when we were walking, we did an hour walk, yes, <laughs> day from your house to here. We were listening to a podcast um, on Sandra Bland, um, mm -hmm. but it was hearing the interaction between her the and the officer. It was very like it was very hard to. It was disturbing. Yeah, it was very hard to like sit there listen to it, um, and so yeah, go ahead. Why, why? I mean, what did you pick up from that? From listening to the interaction between. Um, Cedra Bland and the officer. It's sick. The way he was speaking to her as if she was actually... She was just sitting in her car. And he's there yelling, acting like she's fighting or whatnot. Right. It was just... Wasn't disturbing. there a video about that too? Yeah. Yeah, the so there cam. there was a dash cam and then there was a bystander cam um, camera. Um, and so everyone should know about this, but... Basically, what it was is that Sandra Bland, um, she would give, like, she would do these video clips, and it would be called Sandra Speaks, where she's talking about race issues and things dealing with African Americans. And she felt that one of her callings was to go to Texas and help African Americans. Um, and so she, was, she went to Texas. And she was getting a job at her alma mater, which I think is like Prairie University. It was at our university, right? Yeah. And she... She wasn't was, even there for like a full weekend. Exactly. And she was pulled over by the officer, allegedly, for failing to signal 
when she pulled over. But when you listen to the audio tape, the interaction between her and the officer, you hear her explain to him that I didn't put the signal on because you were speeding up behind me as if you trying to run me off the road. And so I was trying to get over to let you out of the way. Um, and so but you quickly hear that interaction between that officer and Sandra Bland escalate to a point that it should have never escalated to because not once during the audio did you hear him say like he had reasonable suspicion that she was engaged in any kind of illegal activity. You didn't hear that. What you heard him say was, I don't know, like agitating her, like mm -hmm. basically saying like, what's wrong with you? It seemed like you upset today. And she's basically like, yes, I am upset because I'm getting pulled over for no particular reason. Um, and, you know, when she explained that she was upset, he was he escalated more. Um, and so then that caused him to basically forcefully remove her from the vehicle. He slams her head to the ground. He slaps her. At one he point. slaps her when he opens the door. You hear that on the audio tape. Um, and then he puts her on the ground and then he puts her knee, his knee in her back. And it sounds like there was another female officer there who Sandra was trying to explain, like, I can't hear. Like he pushed, he pushed my head into the, to the yeah. cement, but ultimately she goes to jail. Um, and over the weekend she ends up dead and in the jail cell and the the sheriff's office is basically saying that she hung herself. But most African-Americans and most, I mean, her family and a lot of individuals who saw it didn't believe that. They believed that she was killed. Um, and coincidentally, she was on, in the cell, the only cell that didn't have okay. camera. Um, and so she allegedly made over 21 phone calls to family and friends over the weekend, but they don't have records of it but uh, yet they know that it was 21 phone calls so everything just sounds fishy um there was evidence to come out that in fact um the the officers lied that said that they wouldn't check her and all that and they actually didn't um but at the end of the day her family filed their own um arbitrary arbitration action and they settled for one point, like one point nine million. Oh. Um, but that money isn't going to bring Sandra back, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so then you think about George Floyd. Like, did any of you all watch the video of the interaction? I started watching it, but I just couldn't finish. And no. What What about you? I did the same thing. You what? I started watching it, but I it was a lot. And you, Davion? Yeah. Did you watch the entire video? Yeah. And what what was your reaction to that video? Mm, he did nothing wrong the whole time. That he was in custody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and I don't even know, I, I, I can't even pretend like I know the reason that allegedly he I was I think it was because custody. he went to the store with a um, fake $20 bill. And the... Uh, um, the owner of the store apparently knew him, but wasn't at the store at that time, and it was one of his employees. So their policy is that any anything over $20 that is fake, they have to call the police. So the guy, I guess, you know, he realized that it was a fake bill and called the police, and that's why the police was there. But okay. the owner says 
had he been there because he knew George, he wouldn't have called the police. He would have tried to, you know, work it out. Work it know? out with him. Okay. Um, but I, I think what the video does show, and I think um, Nisi Nash, who's an actress, she did uh, a story, I think, in People. Um, and she hit the hammer on the head or the nail on the hit the nail on the head with the hammer, whatever that saying is <laughs> that, you know, we we spent so much time trying to teach young, particularly young African-Americans to comply with mm-hmm. police orders um, because the presumption is, is that because an officer gives you an order that it is a lawful order. Right. right. Um, that presumption should not be present because I think there is time after time, fact after fact, and example after example of officers using their badge to give orders as if they're lawful when in fact they're not, Mm -hmm. okay? But putting that aside, this video shows that complying with an officer will still get you six feet under, right? Um, And it is infuriating because what I don't understand is why would you need to place your knee on a person's neck who's complying with your order? Because I didn't see any video footage of him struggling with them or fighting back with the officer. Um, and I think even some days later, there's an additional video that came out that showed them like when beating it was in him the seat. in the seat yeah. and they were physically like striking him mm-hmm. in the seat. Now we don't have audio of that. We don't know what's going on, but anyone would tell you that if you are in, in the officer's custody and you are handcuffed, it's only so much you can do back there. Mm-hmm. Right? So even if he was kicking and screaming, what would that, why would that cause you to open the door and then start striking him? Um, and so it's just it's it's unfathomable that individuals are even coming today to the defense of the officers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on social media, there's a lot about, you know, there's bad officers or bad apples. It's hard to. To support police departments when the police departments are not enforcing the, their, their, their own rules and regulations about how you engage and interact um, with individuals who are in custody. But anyhow. I took my phone out real quick because I want to actually um, read this to you guys and I want to actually um, look it up real quick. <clears throat> I personally could not look at the video because I'm asthmatic. And the fact that he kept saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and that officer didn't pull that knee up from him. As an asthmatic person, like when I have as, you know, um, asthma attacks, it's so hard to try to grasp for air. So I can only imagine what he was going through. And especially now knowing after the autopsy that he had COVID. Right. So obviously he still had those signs, you know, it's just horrible. But this is what I want to read to you guys. <clears throat> These were his last words. It's my face, man. I didn't do nothing serious, man. Please, 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 I can't breathe. Please, man, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Please, man, I can't breathe my face. Just get up. I can't breathe. Please, I can't breathe. Shit, I will. I can't move. 
Mama, Mama, I can't. My knee, my nuts, I'm through. I'm through. I'm claustrophobic. My stomach hurts. My neck hurts. Everything hurts. Some water or something, please, please. I can't breathe, officer. Don't kill me. They're going to kill me, man. Come on, man. I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Please, sir. Please, please, please. I can't breathe. Yeah. How many times did that man say, please? I and can't I can't breathe. breathe. Yeah. And oh my God, when he said mama, that's that's when I had to stop the video. And it's crazy because it's not like he was resisting even when saying all that. Right. I mean, and it's the same just, thing with the Eric Gardner situation. And he was moving because you can see him moving, but it's the instinct of I can't breathe and my hands are tied, you know, behind my back. I just want to be able to at least, you know. Ugh. Right. I mean, it's... It, it's a natural reaction to right. try to get from underneath being um, pressured to the point that mm -hmm. you can't breathe. This is like under the water, right? Uh. If you go swimming and you go on the water and you're not a great swimmer, they always tell you don't panic. But the natural reaction to is panic. to panic because it's like I'm, I'm fighting for my life. I'm fighting to get breath. Something that is a free and easy for me to do if you are not constraining me. Um, and so, yeah, that that's kind of yeah crazy. Um, and then so we the three of us, we went to protest three days, mm -hmm. like three or four. Right. What do you all think about the protest that we actually participated in in, in D.C.? Well, um, there were some not so peaceful ones, not from the people protesting, but like from the police and everything. But the ones we went to were pretty peaceful. Okay, so nice. why does it matter if it's peaceful or not, though? I mean, and what 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 do you consider to be a a protest that's not peaceful? Um. fighting and all that i i don't know i've seen videos of like like what's going on in new york all those officers going around and slamming people so you're you're saying that. violence not on the from the protesters but from the police officers yeah that's what i meant by not okay so just to make it clear yeah all right not from the protesters okay um because when we were in dc um well, before I move there, Davion, what do you think about the protest? I liked it. Why? Because it was nice to see everybody out there for the same thing. What did you think about the fact how the the last day that we went, all the military trucks were out there? What did you think about that? Mm, I didn't really pay attention to it that much because I didn't really care. Okay. What about you? What do you think about that? It was so unnecessary. They were literally in every block, just blocking off streets. Out there in their full army gear, like we in Afghanistan somewhere. And half of them didn't even look like they wanted. They were just sitting down. Exactly, like they some like they didn't even want to be there. I mean, technically, they probably didn't want to be there, but <laughs> that was yeah. the order. It 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 was absurd. I mean, it it was crazy to to walk in D.C. 
and see all of these military officers out there in full regalia, full army fatigues, guns out, army trucks and blocking um, many of the intersections. It was just, it was odd. It was like, where the hell am I? Um, and all of this stems from people protesting. And I don't think there was any examples of individuals being like violent before he authorized um, all these people to be out there. It was more so of hey, him showing or attempting to be threatening, I think, to people who were out there exercising their First Amendment right. And, I, and so when he forcefully removed protesters so that he can go across the street like an idiot and take a picture with a Bible, holding the Bible up like he Hitler, <laughs> um, he also tweeted that day and was like something in the nature. No, he did a, a press conference and he was like, you know, we're not going to basically we're not going to deal with protesters who were violent. And this is to protect your Second Amendment. Right. And it's like if you listen to that rhetoric, it the Second Amendment is about the right to bear arms. It has nothing to do with the right to peacefully po protest. The First Amendment right gives you the right to free speech and the right to peacefully assemble. That's what people were doing that day, right? You go out there, you don't like what your government is doing, you go out there and you say it, right? You have that right to do that. That's what the First Amendment protects you to do. But his speech was talking about the Second Amendment, and the Second Amendment is the right to bear arms. So the two don't, don't link. Right. Do you not see how that there is a there's not a connection to the protesters out there saying I'm tired. Boom, boom, boom. But he talks about the Second Amendment. And that's a signal to his base. The individuals who are so high strung on, you know, having guns and, you know, the NRA and things like that. And, it, and the only people that had arms were the military men. Exactly. The and the police officers. Um, and so it's just like that rhetoric. And then the other day, you saw that the D.C. mayor had um, Black, Lives, Lo mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter painted um, on the street. What do you think about that? Did you see that, Davion? Yeah, on Instagram. Did you? What was your reaction to that, if any? I mean, it was nice, but I don't really know if like other people liked it. Why? Because I saw comments that were biased about it. Like what? Some people were just saying she was just doing it to fulfill people's needs and the thing. And then some people said that it was uh, a good thing to do on the street right next to the White House. Yeah. Actually read that too. Yeah. What are, what are your opinions about it though? I mean, I like it. And <laughs> that's fine. I think um, someplace in California did the same thing. I'm not sure Maybe. if it's Sacramento or something like that, but I don't see nothing wrong with it. What was your opinion about it? It's like, it's nice, but I also read comments saying that it's just a distraction and mm -hmm. stuff, um, which I could also see. Right. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't resolve anything at all. So what's your opinion? It's... I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I guess it's mixed feelings. My thing is the I don't see an issue with the um, writing on the street. Mm -hmm. 
I could see the distraction, this is just my personal opinion, being the naming of the street. That Black she, Lives she, Way? Yes. Now, I could see that Black as Lives being the Matt. distraction. Okay, so what about you, Davion? What's your opinion on it? Um, there is this one comment on it, and then let me see. It's it's like, it's like I feel it's like mixed, like Christian said. Like, might be doing it as a distraction to get everybody to uh, get their, uh, what's the word? Like, brought away from the whole point mm -hmm. and trying to make sure that everybody gets their needs fulfilled. But it's also nice at the same time mm -hmm. to see that she did that. So, um, I, I guess my opinion is this. Yes, it didn't solve anything necessarily. But what better way? To say to an individual who is in the right house, who has always shown himself to be um, a racist. I, I, that's the only word I can use for him. Um, because his behavior, his rhetoric, the way he, he talks, the way he, he did his businesses, and that he continued to do his businesses, has always been against individuals of colors, period. Um and so I felt what better way to show to an individual who just two days ago cleared that particular walkway so that he can walk right across the street to take a picture mm -hmm. to show him that every time you walk on the street, you have to see that, have to see mm -hmm. that this is black lives or this is about African-Americans. Now, that doesn't that doesn't reflect give the mayor a reprieve from figuring out what she can do right. from a policy perspective, a regulatory perspective to create things in the city so that we can prevent, you know, police brutality. There's this whole thing about defunding the police. Maybe the police should be defunded or maybe their budget should be strictly reduced so that they don't need military wise weapons. Um, or or vehicles. I don't know, um, but I just felt like it was a good f you to to him. Right. And his response was to tweet and basically say the mayor who doesn't know what she's doing and keep um, spending the spending money, money and coming and begging for money. That what she will do if she doesn't respect the men in uniform, then we'll just bring some other men and women out again. This is another signal to his base to actually come in and cause havoc. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like it's almost like an insightful tweet to incite violence. And I guarantee you, if that were to occur, that somehow that would be um, the the protesters would be blamed for any type of violence. Mm -hmm. What were you about to say, Debian? Oh, no, I just saw the thing that the protesters painted on the street. The one about the defund police? Yeah, yeah next to the Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that as well. And, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know people are frustrated. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is like, I don't think any one person or any one group controls the movement. The movement for, for, for having black lives be prominent or be respected, recognized, and matter, it doesn't belong to any particular group. People can contribute the way that they want to contribute. Um, and But, you know, with anything, there's always going to be conflict between people's perspectives about 
what the movement should be, how it should look, what it should look like, what it should produce. And I just think, you know, we all are adding ingredients to this this end result, this pie, right? And that pie is equality. Um, and so I just want us as a as a, overall to to contribute positively to that. Um, but anyhow, I I particularly like the Black Lives Matter um, painting, and I definitely liked the renaming the street. It's like you know we we have all these other names of all these white dead slave owners everywhere. What does it matter? Like let's rename it, take them all down. As far as I'm concerned, the the bottom line is. The house that he sits in was built by African-American hands. They were built by slaves who were never, um, never given any kind of just just rights or for for their efforts. Right. There was no compensation for the things that they did um, all free. So I'm like, fuck it. Anyway, that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> I know Davian wanted to talk about the protest you guys um, went to in your city. Oh yeah, talk about that, the Burke protest. Oh, it, I didn't expect that many people to be out there for that like small city. Well, not small, but it was good to see that a lot of people came out. Um. So yeah. So we live in a little suburb um, in Northern Virginia called Burke, Virginia. Um, and there was a protest that was created by individuals who are young, um, around Davion's age, um, and they put together a protest and we went out there for like three and a half, four hours and we, it was hot as heck. Um, but we went out there, we protest with them. Um, we did, we marched with them and it was a lot of People. And the donations, there were a lot of people donating. A lot of stuff. people donating. People were riding past, blowing their horns, screaming, yes. stopping, donating things. Um, and we didn't have any major issues. There was just one counter protester, this um, Caucasian woman who was screaming, all lives matter, um, at the people who were protesting and basically saying black lives matter. Um, and so that's all we had there. And what do you all feel about that? That whole like all lives matter thing. They're ignorant. Yes. Why do you think that? Because I agree. Not, Everyone's okay. lives matter, but right. Sorry, no, no, but okay. white people aren't aren't out there getting killed. You know. Right. And it's like we're not saying that all lives don't matter. It's just that you know African Americans go through it worse. Every day. Every single day. Every minute. It's just. What do you think about it? All lives matter, but people are trying to take away from the big problem. And what is that big problem? Black lives matter. That is it. Okay. So <clears throat> I've never seen anyone who um, shouted Black Lives Matter say, fuck everyone else. Mm-hmm. Right? You've never heard them say it. I've never heard them say it. Maybe there are people out there who believe that, but I've never heard them say it. The bottom line to me is that it's important that we put emphasis on the fact that African-Americans matter. Because while we only represent, um, I want to say maybe, I don't know, I don't know the statistics, 40 or 33 percent of the population, we represent 78 percent of the population that are incarcerated, incarcerated based upon laws that were created potentially specifically 
to punish African-Americans, right? You think about the difference between cocaine and crack. They're in the whole the whole fight to by the Reagan administration to crack down on the selling of crack in, in communities, an individual can have a small amount of crack and be in jail for 10 years. And in order for a person of coke with cocaine to go to jail for that many times, they have to have like 2,000 times that amount. And the, the problem with that is that cocaine crack is a substance of cocaine. It's just if you break down the elements, the scientific elements of it, they are the exact same, except for you add certain things into it. And the point of that being is that most African-Americans could not afford cocaine because it's so expensive. So because of the additives in cocaine to make crack, it made it more accessible to African-Americans. And so the laws were created federally to ensure that judges didn't have an opportunity to say, well, I'm going to give you, this is your first time, I'm going to give you X, Y, and Z. It was, it was mandatory minimums. Um, and so it was things like that that has always suppressed African-Americans, suppressed the African-American community. Um, and so this movement is about recognizing that we matter. We contribute excessively to the economy, right? We buy some some of all these high brand um, company products. We are a a large subset of the economy, but yet we're not recognized for that. Um, and you don't hear about police brutality against white folks like you hear about blacks. And just like this whole George Floyd thing, now there's this whole challenge on Instagram from white folks putting their knee on other people's necks and, oh, but that. we're still alive. I mean, all of that is just stupid. It's, it makes no sense. And it shows an insensitivity, A, to a human life, and it, B, it just shows how dumb you are to, to the fact that there are things about him that he couldn't breathe because maybe he was asthmatic. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he had COVID. Maybe he didn't. So it is not about trying to pit white against black. It is for individuals to recognize that we matter. And every time that there is a black person that is killed by the police, there is always turned around about what that person used to do, yep. what their criminal history used to be. Who fucking cares? cares? Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, you pull up people's background who are CEOs of companies and they've been criminals. You look at fucking, um, who's that guy that, that killed himself? Um, the white something? yes epstein you look at his background he was fucking convicted of of rape of a fucking minor Minors, like yeah. but no one is talking about that you know what i mean like you're not villainized you're not you're not making the victim a villain but when it comes to blacks you do the same thing the same thing about trayvon martin all the pictures they try to go into his social media when he was just being a teenager they try to bring that out to show that oh he was aggressive but the, all of that is bullshit. Like, we're not animals at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's kind of what I think the Black Lives Matter is about. Um, and people should, could, everyone, every race should say it. And it shouldn't just be African Americans to say it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry. I mean, I just, um, 
Yeah, we've mentioned George Floyd and the Sandra Bland, but I think we is so much more than that too. We have Breonna Taylor. Um, sorry, I cannot say his name. Ahmad. Um, Aubrey. Yes. Um, it's just so many different cases that it's to the point where when is it going to stop? Right. You know, it's uh, it's just. And they're so all they all look the same. Yeah. The the fact pattern all look the same. Like the Maude Aubrey guy, there is video footage now that come out to show that mm -hmm. the individual who killed him, who used to be a fucking officer, mm -hmm. right? He basically said, he called him a nigger, yeah, right? Something, uh, fuck you or Yeah, like this is something like, and it's like, that's intent. The mm -hmm. intentions were to murder this guy, not for anything that he did, right? Because they were trying to make it seem like they were doing a citizen's arrest. Right. But it is because he's black and he shouldn't be in this neighborhood, mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's very frustrating. Very. Very. To the point that it's also hard to have a full conversation about it because there are so many emotions that come with it um, and so many thoughts that come through it. Um, yeah. It's just a lot to process. You know, I don't think it's just being quiet. It's just, you know, how do you express yourself enough to, you know, just bring awareness of everything that's going on? Like, yeah. What about you, Davion? Anything else no. that you think you need to express? Okay. Well, I will say that I'm very proud of you taking a stand um, been insistent on participating in protests. Protest. Um, I know that there was a a conversation between you and your mom and text that you showed me that I was. It was very. It was a moment that I realized that you fully understood your blackness. You embraced your blackness, um, and you recognized the import that you bring, um, not just to the household but to society as a whole it was a very proud moment mm -hmm. a very mature moment for you um and just like when you did your own protest sign and you without input for anyone else that you were able to put all that together um and so i just hope that you continue that fire um and continue to you know move through um society with the fact that recognizing that you are an exceptional young african-american male so anyway just wanted to say that and that you help your brother um i think that as hispanics i don't know how you feel christian but as a hispanic person i feel like there's a lot of things that i'm ignorant to mm -hmm. and some people just need to be careful when you approach an african-american person to try to explain it to you because we kind of have to be sensitive with what you guys actually go through. Right. Um, so we have to find our ways of educating ourselves. But, you know, you have a 11-year-old brother that, like your dad said, I'm very proud of you. And I even said in the message how mature you actually sounded. So, you know, helping your brother understand because he's African-American too. Right. Trinidadian and Puerto Rican, you know. So, so yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that I want to say is... Um, complicity is the same as pulling the trigger. If you are complicit and perpetuating the stereotypes and racism and um, inappropriate behavior, it is no different than you being the one who is actually doing the crime. 
Um, so I feel like you need to start calling people out for their bullshit. Jokes are no longer just jokes because like last night we were out at the beach last night um, and there was these drunk white girls and they were fine. We had conversations with them. But the girl said to me is that her fiance was a wigger. Okay. A wigger is a combination of a white person and nigger. Okay. And I looked at her. I was, was slightly in, inebriated, but that resonated with me immediately. And I told her, you should never fucking yeah. say that word again. Like, do you not understand the context of what, not just what we're in, but how offensive that word is? It should never be used. And her response is because her, one, her daughter is half black that that gives her justification for using it. And I told her, no, that you, you, you can't be saying that type of shit wow. at all. Um, and she apologized and we kept it moving. Um, but that's an example of not letting things just slide anymore because jokes are no longer jokes. People are dying. Um, people may, may think it's funny, but shit ain't funny to me. So it's yeah, not. not at all. All right, so I appreciate you all taking the time to have this conversation. I Again, I didn't think this was going to be as structured. It was just us trying to have a raw conversation to process things because we've been communicating through text a lot. Um, and I also want to say to Christian that I'm proud of you for stepping out into the protest and trying to learn more about African-American history, including your friends who are not black, um, but they even for information to learn more about um, you know the struggles the African American communities have had um, and they've been out there like rigorously yeah. protesting and so anyhow I, I will be out there them. too but I'm scared of COVID yeah because mm -hmm. I'm asthmatic but I I've been <laughs> with you guys the mm -hmm. entire time all right so that's the conversation for today um, you know um, continue to to find out information continue to support um, organizations I actually finally joined the organization um, so that I can use my legal skills and support um, of individuals who are harmed um, through this process so um, do what you can in the moment that you can in the manner that you can um, and the more people do it the better we will move the, the needle to to get what African Americans need um, but yeah, anyhow, so we, we really just want to have this like raw conversation about the situation. It was not planned. Um, and so it may not seem like formulaic or well put together and that's okay. Um, because the emotions of what's going on, there's no right answer. There's no, um, only way to go about it. There's no one way to think about it. Um, I just hope that people recognize that what's going on is is of importance um, and that somehow they find the strength within themselves to do something and that do something doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go and protest mm -hmm. that do something may be that you donate, donate right. that do something may be that you post a repost something about black history or you repost something about what's going on so that your followers recognize, okay, I never thought about this. Or that do something may be that you talk to your children or you talk to your, your father or you talk to your mother who are kind of like racist or 
not really recognizing the import of what's going on right now. Um, and so, you know, I want to I want to take the time to thank everyone who's been out on the streets, everyone who's been posting things on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, even though TikTok had his own issues of like stopping the, the black guys lives matter hashtag. Um, but everyone who's been doing something in group chats talking about the issue, because the more we talk about it, I think the more people will become aware of what's going on and educated about what's going on all right so all right so continue to listen rate and subscribe on apple Podcasts for those of you who are viewing on youtube um like comment and subscribe 